Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and as people make throughout our lives. If you'd like to see more of my content, please go to at Jordan Morpeth Art on Instagram or my website, www.jordanmorpethart.com. You can find those links down in the episode notes. Okay, guys, so if you've been paying attention to making lemonade lately, you would know that recently uh, we are on to part two of my discussion of uh, with Mr. Justin Prime of the J Prime cast. He's also got another podcast called the Polyvagal Podcast, and he discussed that in the last episode, and he's discussing it in this episode. So we stuck a pin in it at about an hour last time, um, and I'm not going to fuck around. Let's get into it. Uh-uh, fuck that, eight doobies to the face, fuck that, 12 bottles in the case, nigga, fuck that, two pills in the halfway, nigga, fuck that, got a high tolerance when your age don't exist, man, I swear my nigga tripping off that shit again, pick him up, then I sit him in cold water, then I order someone to bring him Viker, then hope they take the pain away from the feeling that he feel today, you know when you're part of section 8 and you feel like no one can't relate, cause you are, you are, a loner, loner, man, Marijuana in the office make you stronger, stronger I'm in the house party, tripping up my generation Sipping cough syrup like it's water Never no pancakes in the kitchen, man Not one of our lives is caught up in the daily superstition That the world is but the end Gives a fuck, we never do listen Unless it comes with an end away But melody has some hoes Playstation has some drink Technology bought my soul Looking around and all I see is a big crowd That's product of me and it probably relatives Relevant for a rebel stream Yep, her president is black, she black yeah, and it's it's that. Uh, I mean, especially in my line of work, we I've encountered a couple of where you know people with disability they get most of the people I work with they actually have jobs, but they've got intellectual disabilities and they've got full time jobs. Oh, okay. Yes, and they claim the disability pension. Because over here they're they're able to do that, and that pays. So I work in group homes, so that pays for their rent, and that pays for their groceries and so on and so forth. And uh, they don't get a substantial amount of money from their employment. However, they get a purpose, and they get a mm. reason to in the morning, and they get a reason to, you know. And I've met some people with intellectual disabilities, what most would consider quite debilitating intellectual disabilities. Um, who have more fulfilling lives than some of the people I know. And it's it's sad when you see that, you see these people who essentially, because of their cognitive understanding of the world, don't really, they don't really know better. And their understanding of the world is that they, they essentially don't know better. So I suppose it's probably one of the best cases of ignorance is bliss. Mm. But unfortunately, when you, when you yourself see this 
And then you see that there's people who are claiming disability pension and welfare and so on and so forth who just don't need it. Who are just now this, there's that it's unfortunately pretty rampant. But what mm. really pisses me off that because that mm. that pisses me off because I have to pay into that. But what really pisses me off is when people claim that their kids have a disability, and their kids mm. have ADHD. Therefore, they need some sort of check. That pisses me the fuck off because now you're labeling your children with a diagnosis that they probably may not even need. But I've seen yep. these. I've seen many parents over and over again push and push and push and try to get a certain diagnosis because if they can get that diagnosis, then they can get that social security check. That really upsets mm. me. It's wrong. I mean, obviously it's wrong. But um, yeah. But I, a couple times I've seen um, families that uh, are you know living off of public assistance, and it runs out, or they don't get the diagnosis that they're looking for, and so I'll ask, well, what are you guys going to do? And they go, well, I guess we have to get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. Yes. Yeah. You don't. Like, that's, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just so funny that I can't get the free money. The next thought is, I better get a job. Yeah. Why that the first thought? <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Well, what was that? I'll, yeah, wrap up, I'll wrap up that conversation with that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah that, but that's cool. encouraging to me. It, it's, it's disheartening, but it's also encouraging to me. Like, okay, cool. Now we can get to the next step where you're getting a job. And then you'll of feel course. more productive. You're going to feel like you're part of society. You're going to feel like mm. you're earning your money rather than just taking it or getting it yeah. um, but like yeah we should be working mm. and there's simple. so much to be said. there's so much to be said about about a responsibility like until oh, you yeah. actually responsible and I mean I, I Jordan Peterson does say this a lot and there's two things that are often um, underlying and in his um, in his lectures and in everything that he every appearance he makes is one suffering is inevitable mm. suffering is inevitable and there's no point in complaining about it especially when you have a conversation with someone for instance who's been in the military and you ask them you know I I asked someone recently what how do you feel about discipline and he said well when you don't want to brush your teeth before you go to bed or you don't want to make your bed in the morning and you've seen someone walk around for 40 kilometers for, for miles, essentially like tens, sometimes hundreds of miles with blisters on his feet and his shit and his, or, or on a broken leg. The first thing you do is you make your bed. Like, when you see, when you see, like, yeah, you see that kind of suffering. It's very hard to be complacent, and it's very hard to be. And it's, and then on top of that, when you take responsibility, and this is what what Peterson always says is, when you do finally take responsibility after trying so hard not to, it's actually freedom, like obtaining that responsibility and taking that responsibility will allow you more freedom than not yeah. taking responsibility, which on in principle it's and on paper, it sounds ridiculous, but in, in practice it, it couldn't be, he couldn't be more correct in anything he's ever I agree. said. I agree. And, yeah. And it's one of those things that I try to advocate for is 
you know, one thing that worked for me was to take responsibility for for the, for the action, not even the mistakes that I made, the actions that had an exterior consequence and not a negative consequence, or maybe it was a negative consequence, and that allows one, allowed me so much more freedom. So, Dude, so, I, I've, I took a, you know, Gary Vee says, um, take responsibility for everything, right? Mm. You've heard him say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like definitely. literally everything. Yeah. Like I don't care whose fault it is. He says, just take responsibility. Like that's on me. And I've, <laughs> I've taken that very literally in day to day. I'll just be like, mm. yeah, that's on me. I, I have no problem saying yeah. like that. That's on me because it enforces me to say, well, what do I want? What do I want to do about it? Like, yeah. That's on me. Am I cool with it the way it is? Yes or no. And if I'm not okay yeah. with it, then what do you want to do about it? Um, yeah. Or, or, or you know, even, even if something's not my fault, what did I do? What, how did I, how was I a part of this thing? You yeah. know what I mean? Like if my wife and I don't agree, what, how, what, how am I not a part of, the, of what needs to happen here? Am I not doing a, a good enough job like validating her or whatever, you know, which is yeah, very important. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not very validating. But, uh, you know, can I, can I do a better job of that? So even though it's not my fault that, um, you know, whatever, but could I do a better job at doing this thing? Or did I miss, did I, did I mess up on something completely? Um, but mm. like, what can I do better next time? What do I have control over? Because I don't control mm. anybody else. All I do is control myself. Yeah, well, critical thinking is, I mean, I've, I've, I have heard Gary Vee say that, and I, I do recall thinking, shit, he's a bit crazy, isn't he? Like, he, he just, <laughs> to me, I'm, I'm like, fuck, he just goes over the top. Because I think the video yeah. I saw, like, you know, the Dow Jones goes down. It's my fault. It, the, right, 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 know, right. Doc, it's my fault. Donald Trump gets elected. It's my fault. For me, I was a little bit like, okay, all right, mate. Just rein it in a little bit. But I can understand why he does that because it's literally forcing him to critically think about every single thing that happens to him and around him. Obviously, he doesn't genuinely believe that because the Dow Jones went down, it's his fault. He's saying, what part did I play? Did I actually play a part in this? And if I didn't, um, what could I do so that that doesn't right. happen to me? Yeah. And what, what, what kind of responsibility can I take in this moment that that doesn't – because there are so many people out there that will just lose it. Like, you know, you see those people that just absolutely have an emotional breakdown at, a, at someone because there was no donuts at Donut King or something yeah. like that. And it's completely everybody else's fault. Why are you looking at me? Rah, rah, rah. You know, they just absolutely lose their minds. And you sit there and, and you go, can you not? I mean, I understand that some of them are, they're just overcompensating. A lot of it's overcompensation for, I've now realized that I'm the crazy person. So I'm going to overcorrect this and keep being the crazy person. And it's everybody else's fault that I'm crazy. But sometimes it makes me wonder, like, who is is this what everybody's doing? Is is everybody is there really that many people out there that I mean it just it concerns me, and it concerns I that, me. I think that there is a rational explanation for those behaviors. Not that, oh, that yeah, not that the behavior is rational or yeah. okay, but mm-hmm. um, I think that there is an underlying. And it, my goal is in episode three of my other podcast, the Polyvagal podcast. I, mm. I think I'll probably answer and maybe discuss why someone might fly off the handle. Okay. 
Um, I, I think there's a really, I think when you hear the answer, because it's going to take a while to answer it, it, might, <laughs> it actually is pretty interesting, you know. But um, not that it's okay, not that it's rational, but why someone might be more prone to flying off the handle over getting the wrong milk at Starbucks. <laughs> it, you, you know, when you hear a longer answer, like it might be like, oh, okay, well, I get it. It's not okay, but it, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, the, the, he goes into, uh, Gary Vee says, take responsibility for everything. Cause mm. I, for me, it's just, it just gets you to the next step because you can waste so much time on blaming other people and complaining. And I, I just have pretty much zero patience for that. Uh, when mm. my daughter blames other people, I have zero patience for it. I don't yell at her like that, but it's just like, let's just get to the point. Let, let's come on, speed up. I don't need to hear about what other people did. Um, and that's why you did what you did. Like, what choice did you make? What could okay. be better next time? Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not like a dick like that to her, but that's basically that's what that's what goes on inside of me is like, I don't need, I don't want to hear about how other people made you do something or whatever. Like, then not like, what did you, what choice did you make at school? Did you choose yeah. to goof off at lunchtime? That's the choice yeah. you made. I don't care what the circumstances were. Unless someone's bullying you or whatever, like, you, you made a choice. Let's talk about the choice mm. you made. And it, ha- oh, yeah. it has to come from that, 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 that groundwork of this is the choice that you made. And we could talk about the things surrounding it, but ultimately this is, this is the choice that you made. I don't, I, I don't, we can't give people so much power over us. We can't say that someone made us do something. Oh, yeah. But conversely as well, um, we need to I'm, – I'm very much an advocate of not being afraid of confrontation. And when when someone when someone does something and they are responsible, don't go judging them. I mean, I'm not the kind of I'm not a judgy kind of person. I'm not the kind of you know, oh, you did this and you. I mean, I can understand irration, rationally I, when I was younger and when I wasn't necessarily in the greatest of states of mind. I I can definitely empathise with someone who is is going off the handle, and who is you know because in their mind rationally. Unfortunately, with a with a chemical imbalance in in your brain, stop, or with no, no, no stop no, that. Nope. Chemical imbalance. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Okay. With I hate that. With I hate that. I I genuinely, I'm not mad at you at all. Mm. I can't stand it because chemical... no, I can't stand it because okay. it's on a research level. If you look into the research of the chemical imbalance thing, that theory has been thrown out the window. No one in psychiatry on the research level is pursuing that really anymore. And it's kind of disproven. Really? Yes. But on the front lines, therapists, teachers, psychiatrists, prescribing medication, we use that language all the time. I don't use the language, but that language is used all the time. Chemical imbalance, chemical imbalance, because it's an explanation. But on the research level that has been kind of let go. And there's been evidence to show it's not just a chemical imbalance issue. That doesn't, that doesn't, that does not, that there's so much to it. Just saying it's a chemical imbalance is, is not fully accurate. It might mm. be true, yeah. but it's not the full picture whatsoever. Someone who's been oh, traumatized, it's no longer a chemical imbalance issue. Now we're talking about like their body doesn't feel safe. They're, and we're talking about the not just in their brain chemicals thing. We're talking about like in their whole body, in their chest, in their gut. They don't feel mm. safe. Making attachments, yeah. forming relationships, making eye contact. These are scary things for them. It's not a chemical imbalance. It's real. Like they feel this is a mm. terrifying experience. Making eye contact is not safe for me anymore. So I, I just when people say yeah. chemical imbalance, and I, I, know you, I know you meant nothing by it in a bad way. No, it's no, it's, no, it's no. common language. I, I, I get that. Yeah. But as a therapist, 
It's like, when I hold up, like there's, there's more to it. These the people, I just, I haven't seen the person yet that's just born that way. Unless maybe they were drug exposed, maybe. But, yeah. um, but even then, I just, I haven't met that kid who is just born with a chemical imbalance. I haven't, or, or bad genes or has a genes for mental illness. I haven't met that kid. And no therapist, no psychiatrist is doing gene testing to, 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 test, to test that. No psychiatrist mm. that I've seen has a test they give you or a P test or something like that, that tests mm. your chemicals. That does not exist. That's not a real thing. Yeah. So even if it is true, even if it is true that there's a chemical imbalance, nobody is testing for that. Nobody has an MRI brain scanning thing in their office. So on a practical level, this has zero value in my opinion. That's I, true. I just, it, on like a day-to-day basis, helping a kid um, make better choices in a classroom has mm. zero to do with ca- the chemical balance theory has, I, I can't do anything with that. You know yeah. what I mean? So on a practical level, it's almost nonsense. And on a, on the level of explaining behavior, I don't mm. think it does a whole lot. I just, I just okay. haven't, I haven't seen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In reality. It, it's also, it's also just, it's a detachment. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's in my body. It's in my, I can, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually glad you challenged me on that because I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I'm very concerned about the the, the drug use of, of people, and it yeah. makes me wonder. You know, I just I just finished the uh, the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. I don't know oh, if you've watched cool, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You've, you've seen that. Yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder. I'm very. I've only just recently really. I've always been interested in mental health, but the real serious mental health. I'm starting to get interested in like criminology and the, and criminal mental health. Um, and you know, I don't know if you did. You listen to Dirty John? That was an no. interesting. That was a very Dirty John's the podcast about that. Just this guy that had these predatory. Very interesting as a parent thinking about it because he was a he was one of those online predatory men who would manipulate women, get married to them, such and such, and oh, and, wow. um, and take their money, you know that kind of thing. But the way the way in which he would do it. But anyway, back to Ted Bundy. Thinking about Ted Bundy that. The severe narcissism and the severe lack of empathy and watching whatever, I think it was the second episode, the first time he ran away. And when he called, when the, when the psychiatrist called him and basically said to him, like, Ted, what happened? And he's just like, oh, I just, it was so freeing. It was so, and just this oh, yeah. <laughs> absolute lack of understanding of what, what yeah. actually, the, the severity of what happened or the lack of care for the severity yeah. of what happened. Look, I'm an advocate. I've had anxiety my, my entire life, and I'm an advocate for, you know, things like just like don't sweat the small things, and you know, try to just try to slow your life down and, and relax and, and really enjoy things. But and, and don't worry too much about what's going on in the world. I think society has way too many anxiety-ridden things. But that was like even to me it was kind of like holy shit, like yeah, that. Totally. That's that's definite definite psychopathy. But then, right? What's his the the they they cited the shooter at the end of the show who had the brain tumor, and they basically said, you know, his it was on his on his empathy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah, a, something like that. I, yeah, yeah. The empathy part of his brain, and it made me wonder: Does a true psychopath exist? Does a true sociopath exist? Or like when does, they're just born that way? 
Yeah, exactly. Was was Ted Bundy just born that way? Like, dude, that, that's what, what I I always assumed that those people exist, and I I don't know enough about this to tell you anything. This is way out of my. Did you hear me there? So yeah, this yeah. is a, I've worked with like this is not this is out of my area of expertise. So I won't. This is nothing conclusive whatsoever. But mm. I've always thought that someone's just born sociopathic or psychotic or or I'm sorry, um, psychopathic. And don't don't have this empathy, and I'm sure that exists, I guess. But mm. Ted Bundy in particular, he had a fucked up childhood. He, he didn't. He did not have a safe, loving connection with his parents at all, from mm. what I remember from the documentary. Yeah, so to say he was born that way, maybe. But then, how do you distinguish that from the way he was raised? And the way he was raised sounded like it was. Actually, I don't remember enough in particular, but his mom sounded like she was extremely detached from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's- she, she do you sounded... remember the part? Do you remember the part where I think that it was the detectives went to her house and said that they've arrested him and that he murdered and like raped these women, mm. and that she had a slight that I think it was that, and she had a slight moment of like making almost a crying noise, and then she yeah. went, "Anybody want some tea?" Yeah, that's right. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. So like that yeah. level of disconnect, like. Did, was he born with it, or did he learn that from his mom, or did she treat him that way, and that's the way he ingrained his sense of self? Like that's, we don't I have no idea. Was she was so certain when he was first charged that he did not do it? He must have pulled the wool over her, either pulled the wool over her eyes, which, in my experience, and you know, I'm not, uh, I'm a layman when it comes to this, and I'm yeah. more of an, but in my experience. From watching, just watching people and, you know, hearing stories and so on, sometimes religion, and it's, I'm not saying that everybody religiously, and I'm not ragging yeah, yeah. on religion in any way, but sometimes heavily religious people can be very complacent with their children in that they just want to see that their children are good. And and, and the oh, wall yeah. can be pulled over the eyes of those kinds of people. Sure. And very easily they can just see you know, this, 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 he's a good boy. He's, he's, you know, he's such a nice boy. He was such a sweet gentleman and, you know, everybody loved him and right. And maybe all she was seeing was what he wanted her to see and what he told her at the end of it. And then finally he actually confessed to all of it, not only confessing to the murders and what really shocked me was so haphazardly confessing to necrophilia that Mm. he, and he used it as a trump card. Yeah, he didn't yeah. use it, uh, it. He wasn't guilty. He didn't feel right. any sh- guilt. It seemed it was the, just the confession was maybe if I confess all of this, they'll give me some right. more time, and I'll continue oh, going I through yeah. this. And 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 she was just in absolute shock. And it's kind of like how <laughs> how are you? How, yeah, how did you not see? Was he not? Yeah, like you said, he was abused, but was he not? Um, was he not abusive himself as a child? Was he not? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it's not like, just like someone who's abusive isn't. It's not like you hit your kid and then you rub their back and say, "Hey, you know, let's." I still love you. Like that's not yeah. physical abuse. No. I don't think works that way. It's you're also <laughs> emotion. I mean, I think physical abuse and emotional abuse kind of go hand in hand. Um, yeah. But if you're physically, if you're hitting your child, there's a part of you that. The empathy must not be there. I just I can't hit my kids. I I don't. First off, I don't hit kids, anyone's mm. kids, not even my own. <laughs> but second, like I I love them. I I couldn't possibly hit them. You know mm. what I mean? 
So it's not like someone who's physically abusive isn't just physically abusive. There's other pieces that are missing in the relationship, and that's not a safe, healthy, loving attachment. Um, that's not a parent that is you know patient and is validating their feelings, listening to their day at school, going out of yeah. their way to, to give them safe love and hugs and kisses, um, you know, playing catch with them and stuff. Like that's not the full picture. So just saying that they had, it's not like he had a good childhood and he was abused. It was like he was physically abused, and that is an indicator that his childhood was not good. You know, it was <laughs> not safe and healthy and loving, and didn't set him up. Now he he may have be he may have been predisposed with some sort of lack of empathy. I, I'm sure that could exist. Mm. Plus, having mm. an abusive childhood, mm. and like the way that we learned it in college was, it's called the diathesis stress model. I don't think anyone talks about this anymore, but it's the idea that genetically we may be predisposed to having more anxiety or more um, on the depression scale. Like there might be something genetically that's there and then yeah. something in the environment kind of triggers that gene. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I can't test for that, but that makes sense that there's like a nature and nurture combination. But yeah. we also know that genes can turn off and on based on environment. So, but, um, but I that, know. that makes more sense. So just saying someone's like chemically has a chemical imbalance or that it's because they were abused. Like we don't know. But it could easily be a combination of the two. Yeah, and, and things we like can't that. I have no idea. We can't test for that. And who knows? And he tried to claim it upon an addiction to pornography. Now, I yeah, understand I understand what kind of effect that can have on someone's brain, especially a young man and the way he looks at the world and the way he looks at women. But, I mean, I've looked at porn before. I've had problems with porn before. It, it doesn't. I didn't go and kill, <laughs> I didn't go and kill no, him and cause necrophilia. <sighs> like it's not, it, it, that seemed like he was just trying to detect. And he said there was a, I think it may very well have been, I mean, does, does sociopathy and psych, psychopathy tend to have voices attached? Is that, is that regular? I don't know if, honestly, I don't know enough about it to give you a conclusive. Yeah, I done enough. Yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. Honestly, this is what I, this is what I'll add to the chemical imbalance conversation, right? Yeah. Um, you may be familiar with um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, of course. And I, I think it was him who said the greatest scientists of their time would work to a point to where they couldn't figure out the next thing, and at that mm. point they would say, "Well, God must have done it." And then the scientists after them would figure out that problem and it was no longer mm. God did it. Now I have a solution. But then yeah. that person would get to a point where they, they couldn't figure out a problem and they would say, well, God must have done it. Mm. And so every scientist of their time gets to a point where they say, I can't figure this one thing out. It must be God. So to yeah. me, that's what therapists and psychiatrists do is when we work with a client, we work with them, we work with them, and then we get to a point where we don't feel like we can help. And so we say things like, it's a chemical imbalance. Or we say things yeah. like, they're going to be like this their whole life. And now we have to just learn how to live with it. So we, we say yeah. these things that I think help us to feel better, but aren't really based on reality necessarily. Or might mm -hmm. be, we might be at a point where we can't help. And the right thing to do is to say, let me refer you to somebody else who might be able to help you versus it's a chemical imbalance. You know, I, I think that we say things like that as a way for ourselves, for psychiatrists, for therapists to kind of to relieve our own, I don't know, guilt or anxiety about not being able to help as much as we'd like to. And so mm -hmm. we say things like that. I think that's kind of where that that 
lives. I, I don't, I just, I haven't seen it day to day or, you know, the chemical imbalance thing. Yeah. They, they say that. For it. I've heard him say scientists, it was either him or Carl Sagan said, you know, any science, any magic that we believe is magic is just science. We haven't figured out yet. Sure. And, and, I mean, that's the same thing. Seth Godin has a great episode on um, Akimbo on his podcast about that, where he he speaks about um, the concept of that's just the way it is. So each generation, like you said, each generation, just societally, each generation and creatively, each generation will have um, ha- basically hand on a way that the world works, you know, and, and sure. where we are is is that the, you know the tale as old as time is go to school get your um get your certificate at the end of school go to university or college or whatever yeah. it may be get a qualification get a full-time job meet a girl get married have kids um procreate and then the cycle begins again but with the internet right we change that and, and and the analogy he uses is that if you put a broomstick in front of sheep um, and each one sheep will ju- learn to jump over it, the rest of the sheep will jump over it. That's fine. But when you remove the broomstick, the sheep will continue to actually jump over the broomstick, although it doesn't exist anymore. Um, and he used oh, this yeah. analogy like saying that in the world of the internet and then our children's generation, there's going to be advancements in technology. There's going to be advancements that will change things and we need to continually figure out that societal concept and how it's going to process. And it's the exact same thing in science. Every generation is going to add something to the pile of knowledge. Oh, yeah. That we, and right. we have to understand that, you know, even, I mean, there is a Michelangelo, bringing it back to art, there is a Michelangelo. And that's a, you know, that's a freak of nature. And there was a world once where they called the genius. The genius was believed to be a mythological creature that attached itself to a human being. So when Kanye West calls himself a genius, um, he's not the genius, essentially. So the Greeks did not believe that you as the person were the genius. They also did not believe, and that's where the concept of talent comes from. It attaches itself to you. Um, and it, it obta- you obtain the talent of the genius or of the muse, and then once you die, it moves on like a spirit. And if you think of your, your, your talent as an artist like that or any, any, anything, any line of work, then you, you don't get bogged down in, in you being what you are. You get bogged, and you know, there's other ways we've done it where God gives you a gift and so on and so forth. There's multiple yeah. different interpretations of this one idea um and i suppose where am i going with this the idea is when we are let me think about this that is interesting because it makes you appreciate if you do have a talent in something it makes you appreciate that yes yes you could easily have fallen on someone else yeah 100 percent. and and you being good at something and as artists we have an understanding that yes a michelangelo can draw we can draw on our tablet now um, however, what we can draw on our tablet now is not what our parents' generation would have been able to draw. They had certain limits, and we yeah. still have, and every generation will obtain these limits. And the fact that, you know, we can just draw on an iPad, and I can take my iPad anywhere I go, and I can essentially do what Michelangelo had to do with 
the funding of of his government <laughs> and his and and you know um, the funding of the the church I can now do on this thing that cost me really not that much at the local cafe is an advance that, that we that we have to appreciate because if you don't appreciate what yeah. came before you then yeah I totally agree so with, with yeah. my when it comes to my kids the um the broom well for us growing up was you know college and education career mm. right just like you laid out family career and all that yeah. stuff um but it hit me recently that my kids don't have to go to college to be a success they can play video games every day and become a success like that's crazy that <laughs> yeah. blows my mind that my and my daughter is super into minecraft and I'm, i totally support her um if she wants to take it seriously and do a YouTube channel and everything, like that's let's do it. Ooh, like if she's really into it, like I'll, I'll support that. You know, mm. uh, I'll supervise the heck out of it too. But, but because um, you know there's weirdos out there. But you know, <laughs> she doesn't like college is not the the go. -to, it's not necessarily the go to unless you want to be a doctor or a therapist or I don't know, whatever the hell. But um, mm. it's not mandatory anymore. It's just not. Right, not at all. Not at all, and and with the internet, it's you know crowdfunding is is just phenomenal. Yeah, crowdfunding that just just changes the changes the the landscape. That too, yeah. Well, yeah. Like there, we there's can nothing create. you can't do anymore. There's nothing you yeah. can't do. No, not at all. You just you just need to be dedicated to do it. You need to right. learn. As creators, we do need to learn a lot of marketing, <laughs> a lot of marketing, and I know I know you're really into that, and and. Um, your podcast has actually really helped me a lot with, particularly with all the Instagram stuff you do. Oh, cool. Um, you know, doing the store, like the, uh, all the stuff you do oh, about yeah, yeah. stories instead of feed, that that I've really taken on because, one, it's so much easier, so much less stressful. I mean, I was doing <laughs> one post a day at midday every single day last year, yeah. or, you know, whatever time my insights told me to do. And it, especially as yeah. an artist, it's it's exhausting. Like I can understand how an Instagram model or something can get away with it, because you know content right. production, taking a photo of you and your outfit or whatever the hell you're doing. But with art, it's it's not all that yeah. easy to to bring that bring that up. And it's I understand a, it's you, a lot different. Like with art, you have to. I mean, the time it takes to create something. Yeah. yeah. But I, so with the Justin LMFT stuff I've been doing on Twitter, it's not mm. art based. So now I can post. Pretty much all the time, yeah. and I'm doing a lot of uh, quote based based stuff based on like books I'm mm. reading about mm. therapy and mental health and trauma and stuff. So I can bust out content like super quick now. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's such a different world. Huh? Even just a thought, even just a thought. Oh, yeah. you can yeah. compress down to that whatever it is now, 240 or 140 characters. Yeah, just so much easier. Where where yeah. it's you know difficult to. Um, yeah, difficult to produce content unless you're, you know, I think I've found a couple of ways. I mean, I do some some poster breaking down on my, I've been really into IGTV um, this year. And right that is so much easier than YouTube because yeah. the responsibility upon IGTV is that you don't, I mean, I know you did the same last year. The responsibility on it is, is it, it doesn't have to be long form and overly produced. No, it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be because it's vertical video. So, yeah. And if, when I do do a YouTube video, I still 
make sure to convert it to the IGTV format. Yeah, well, but with IGTV, it's people on Instagram are not looking for long form stuff. No, so actually, they're, they're looking for I think a couple minutes at most. If you want long form video, you go to YouTube. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. That's just not the place for IGTV. Is not the place for it. Yeah, and it's just and the good thing they've done with IGTV is that not very many people do it. I've noticed. I mean, there's there's a percentage, but it's a minority on Instagram. Nowhere near as many people, at least, I mean, I haven't done a study on it, but from what I've seen, whenever I skip through IGTV, there's really not that many people that I follow that do it. No. Or they've just added IGTV to your feed. I noticed yesterday they added your IGTV videos to your post feed. So I had a video that I put, yeah, I had a video I put up two weeks ago that had about 30 views. And then all of a sudden I put one up and the next day it had 93 views. I was like, how on earth is this oh, happening? Yeah, that's right. What? It's there right right by the um your highlights. Yeah, yeah. It's well, your right. highlights, it's... your icons look really cool. Thank you, man. I nice. I did a bit of um did a bit of work on those. But Oh you the, lost yeah. a follower. You you were at one thousand when we started. Yeah, I I lost a few. I They're that. going in and out. The <laughs> bo- <laughs> I had to I had to let go of that. I had to let go. I, I went up to a thousand oh, about oh sometime a couple of weeks ago. Because I did a whole post about it and then I um I went down to 975 and I was like, oh my god, what was all that for? You know, <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, obviously they just deleted like 30 bots that were following me. So I'd actually rather go through and actually get genuine followers anyway. So it's probably a good thing that they've gone down. So I just I stopped counting. I stopped counting likes yeah, and yeah. views because it's just it takes up your brain, and it takes up your mind, and it does. you just get angry, and stressed. And what am I going to do to get more likes? And yeah, just. Man. <laughs> no, it it totally does. It's I think it's that that sort of like um, it's like a video game mentality. Cause it's like you you see your points going up, you know, but it's not points. It's followers and likes. Yeah. But it's that same sort of mentality. You feel like you're hitting a checkpoint or reaching a new grand total or something like that. Mm. And the, uh, yeah, and the I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Having a following is exactly what I need because I'd like to crowdfund and I'd yeah. like to. Um, I'm thinking about starting a Patreon this year just to just to start it and hope for, and see where if it, if it takes off it takes off if it doesn't then you just delete it and you move on you find another way to make money through art or whatever but you know having that having that platform and having that um, Instagram or Facebook I mean I don't know how many people are using Facebook at this point it's freaking redundant <laughs> but having yeah. Instagram really has a great starting point for you to be able to fund a career and and what i love about um seth godin the way seth godin is always like we have a multimedia device in our pockets we have an agency we have a television channel in our pockets and all we're doing is uploading pictures of our asses and our dogs (laughs) (laughs) and we need to change our asses and our what and our dogs (laughs) now i mean there's some people I mean, there's mummy bloggers and much, yeah. much, you know, I think that's admirable the way that, you know, and, and even that, you know, the fact that someone can have a, a child and, you know, a lot of women, they go on a long period of maternity leave. And if, if you can obtain money while you're on that maternity leave. Yeah, totally. And, and even build a business when you've got, you know, I mean, none. I get in trouble for saying there's a lot of time. There's not all that much time, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's a there's a bit of downtime when babies are sleeping and you're not whatever you're doing. 
Um, where it's here and there, here can, and there. Where regularly, yeah, exactly. And where regularly women can build a business, where regularly they just watch TV. You know, 20 years ago, they would have just sat down or cleaned the house or whatever it is that they would have done, not to, not to speak to um, cliches or yeah. be like um, anti, anti-feminist, but... Yeah, you're digging yourself yeah. a hole here, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be careful. Um, <laughs> we have a running joke in my house that I sometimes get in trouble for. I always say that uh, Jen's at home just doing nothing, watching Netflix. <laughs> she knows, she knows, and, and just every so often feeding a baby. She knows full well that she's doing hard work, and I know full well it she's is, doing yeah. hard work. You can, you can just cut this wouldn't. out of the. You can just cut this out of the podcast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, we're only 135. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, I mean, but the point is the fact that I get it, I get it. Done is, and and a business can be created. You know, there's kids, there's kids on at school who I I saw a kid recently who's he's he's got he's one of the biggest YouTubers in Australia, and he essentially just goes to goes into the um, central hub of the city and rides his scooter around and just talks absolute shit and yeah. runs around being a menace in the city, riding a scooter and doing tricks, and he is making ridiculous amounts of money. He's only 16 years old. And it's it's just phenomenal to me. Like you said, you can do absolutely yeah. anything now. It doesn't There's take nothing. much, dude, yeah. Can't make but money it, I, th- I think all it takes is... Um... Some sort of dedication and passion for what you're doing, even if it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, hundred. If it's entertaining someone, I mean, shit. Yeah, exactly. And that's the that's that's the struggle. I mean, how did you struggle with? How did you go with building your community and building, you know, kind of around your J Prime cast and that? I haven't considered it a struggle at all. Yeah. No, it's been delightful. <laughs> oh, fair it's enough. like. Well, be, okay, but but, sure. but look, if if I, if my goal was to get ten thousand downloads, I'd be struggling, I guess. But yeah. that's just not my goal. My goal is to connect with people that have are, are like minded, and mm. um, hobbyists. To, you know, pros are welcome, but hobbyists to like career level. Yeah. And um, you know, dads. So yeah, the people that listen are the right people, and the people in my Discord community are the right people. Yeah. And I'm super happy with that. I, I don't need a lot. It's not a popularity thing. I, I give a shit less. Mm. But to know that I'm connected with people, on that you know, the right people, that, that's all I care about. So mm. the fact that the right people are there, and it, it's growing. It's, it's growing regularly. Um, it's, it's seriously like delightful. It's just that's it mm. has been nothing but a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. You know, even okay. having like a low amount of downloads early on, and I still do. I think I'm at like 120 per episode. Mm. Which is not huge mm-hmm. whatsoever, but it's steadily, and that's over a year, um, but it's steadily growing. Um, mm. And I, I, I really feel like I'm doing the best content I've ever had. Spat's crew has been fantastic. Um, the <laughs> response for that has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the content is just right. Talking with Bob for Spat with Spat's crew is like, that's the right mm-hmm. fit. So mm-hmm. it's just been, it's tons of fun, dude. And if it goes yeah. somewhere cool, but if not, like I'm having so much fun doing it. Yeah, Bob's it's great. Genuinely like, like, it's genuinely fun. And I'm I'm sorry I'm interrupting. And I'm yeah, learning right. like speaking skills. Um I'm I'm able to like break down some ideas before having, you know, I don't know, because like I want to do speaking engagements about mental health stuff live. So I'm practicing mm. this stuff. Like there's so many benefits. I could give a shit less if there's two thousand 
ten thousand, a million downloads. I don't care. It's Man, the right people are there, and I'm practicing the right skills, and I'm growing as a person along. You know, this whole year I've been doing this. Yeah, look, 120 is it's 120 people listening, so it's 120 awesome. more than some people have. So it's it's, it's true. you know it's and I mean I've I I have no idea how many people are uh, viewing my podcast at this point because for whatever reason my analytics aren't working. So whether that means that the there, there's nobody, whether that means there's, there's so five, many, it's broken. Yeah, this yeah you know, I like to say that too. <laughs> there's so many people that it's just it's hurts it hurts the system. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. I find the same conversation-wise. My conversation skills in the last six months since I started this podcast, or just over six months, have changed phenomenally. Like the questions I ask, and the way I listen, and the things I learn, just simply from trying to in my everyday life get used to conversing with people and and keeping a conversation flowing um, for long periods of time. Yeah, and you know, not having those. I mean, a lull's okay, but not having those kind of dull moments in a conversation where it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just walk away. Is is yeah. you learn, you really find yourself learning that? And I think you guys should definitely break off the Spats crew. That's one of my favorite favorite types of the episodes that you guys do. What do you um, mean break, you, break it off? How? Well, just go and just put it on its own feed and just make it. I've a thought thing. of that. Yeah, I've thought of that, um, but it just I don't know. I just didn't want to deal with it. I don't want to run. I don't want to run another because I already have Polyvagal Podcast, which has started. Uh, yeah. I already have J Primecast, which is already you know really kind of has an entrenched listenership, mm. and I don't want to do a third one. So that's really the only reason why I haven't. If the day comes where I ever stop doing the solo J Primecast and I just do Spats Crew along with Polyvagal yeah. Podcast solo, then uh-huh. I would do a Spats Crew its own thing. Um, but since I'm doing I, I plan out the topics and sort of guide the conversation a lot. And Bob just shows up and he's great at doing what he does. So mm-hmm. that's why it, that's why it lives on the J Primecast. But um, yeah, I don't want to deal with the hassle of a third. <laughs> I just fair don't enough. want to. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I can understand. And, like I'm not making money off it, so I don't feel bad about it being. And he was fine with it living on my podcast. Yeah, as long um, as yeah. Yeah. As long I'm as sorry, that's what, going. What were you gonna ask? How did you? How do you? How did you meet Bob? We'll we'll wrap it up soon, but I figured I'll I'll ask because um, okay. how did you actually get in touch with Bob? Uh, he when I was doing YouTube live streams years ago, mm-hmm. um, he was not a professional yet, and he had joined me on a couple of them just for funsies. Okay, um, and he was working toward be professional level, and I think he was doing independent stuff, but um, he he were just you know I were just drawing and having a good time. He was, he's fucking nuts, dude. He's such a big personality. And when the first time he and I drew together, I didn't know what he was like. (laughs) And Uh, I'm pretty, I'm more of like a mellow, just sort of like a slow roll conversation, you know? uh, And um, he came out with like all guns blazing. And I'm like, what uh, the hell did I just walk into? (laughs) Um, And he just steamrolled over me, I felt like, because I couldn't keep up with him. That's Uh, crazy. So now I know now and then he and I talked again and I knew what he was like so I drank some caffeine beforehand to keep up with him. <laughs> and now now he and I have a really good balance um and it's just sort of natural we know what to expect out of each other. We have much different sort of like styles I think. Yeah. Um but that's how we met was just live streaming as um amateurs and he was working toward a more professional career. And we awesome. just wanted to like draw together and we had good yeah. conversations it was it was fun. 
Yeah, it feels that like it. that. The, the the back and forth between the two of you is he's he's very much it, it's it's like fast and fast and slow, fast and slow, and <laughs> but it, it makes for a great juxtaposition though because yeah. the 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 conversations you guys get into and uh, just a bit all of a sudden he'll just spit something out that um, that's just this profound. Um, shop talk that just teaches you something about art and you're like holy shit I never knew that that's what I was blown away with from him was I knew he had this super silly side but that he could hang with like going deeper into conversation and and like like he could really go there quite easily that blew me away yeah Um, that I could take him we could go like down deeper and dig deeper Mm. and that he would be just fine with it and be able to do this like crazy slapstick voices and (laughs) Like he's just seriously like he can cover a lot of ground, which blows me away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, definitely. Have you listened to his booze and brews podcast? No, I haven't had a chance it's to yet. I've been meaning to get funny. It's yeah. him, but he's like the church. He's the third party. He's the third wheel on it because it's yeah. it's his wife and her her like best friend. It's their podcast where they talk about ghost stories and drink beer. So oh, it's, it's those two, and they are just like Bob. So it's three of them. Dude, it's it's like I can only listen, in like a little bit at a time because it's overwhelming for me. Oh really? But it's it's hysterical. The the ghost stories are interesting. Yeah. Bob is just out of control, out of control. <laughs> I, <I'm> <laughs> and they're all down. like that. So it's like three of him. It, um, and so it's just this total like high energy, nonstop hour yeah. hour and a half of silliness. Wow. It's crazy. crazy. So I'll That's do like. So- half an episode at a time and like the the new one came out today and i saw it and i'm like i can't handle this right now it's, just, it's too much for me <laughs> yeah bo- booze and brews booze okay. and brews it's really really good podcast it's, it's tons of fun it's just pure enjoyment okay i'll have to put it on my um i'll put the link in the description as well i have to put it on my it's good stuff um, man it's good podcast. Yeah. it's absolutely worth a <laughs> subscribe yeah nice yeah i'm still tossing out whether the whether the you know, psychological, really deep thinking podcast is what I want to wake up to or whether it's something <laughs> funny. Some mornings I'll just throw on Jordan Peterson or whatever the hell is on there or someone really, yeah. like this morning I put a Joe Rogan pot debate on and then I was like, nah, I can't yeah. do with this. Like, this is too much. Just freaking Joe Rogan's just doing my head in this morning. That's heavy. So That's three hours of in-depth stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, yeah. I like the clips on YouTube. I, I can hang with that. And I like yeah. a nice, slow rolling, heavy conversation, but three hours is—I oh. don't have three hours to listen all at once, so it ends up getting like broken up during my drives, and it doesn't work out for me. The other podcast yeah. I recommend to you, if you like just crazy nonsense but has a comic book feel or a grounding mm. to it, is Jacked Kirby. I've I've oh. put this on my stories a number of times. This is easily in my top two, maybe three podcasts. It's just mm. these two guys from New York, two Italian guys, heavy accents. Um, yeah, talking about uh, Jack Kirby and <laughs> all the comics that he's created and the characters, how they relate to Marvel, the cinematic universe nowadays, his DC work. So, but they talk about Jack Kirby, but it, it goes off the rails. It's everywhere. And these two are like completely not politically correct, hysterical, like New York oh, Italian yeah. guys. That's awesome. Jack Kirby. And they're just okay. like they, they're just like guys you'd hang out with. And, and it, it really feels like you're just in the room. Listening to these two guys bullshit is hysterical. I love it. I can't. That's one I can't get enough of. It's so good. I've listened to every episode. I love it. 
Oh, that's good, man. That's so good. Yeah. There's um, there. I've been trying to work on that with my friend. My one of my mates is living in Canada right now, and we were supposed to start this podcast ages ago together, and now he's yeah. right from me. And I'm trying to get. I, I would eventually like to start a network. I'd like to start a network where I can, you know, say to my friends, you know, set up an RSS feed and you can put it underneath our banner, yeah. um, and have a friend do a traveling podcast, have this person do that. Any ideas you got, just go That's and cool. put it underneath the banner. And because um, I would like to start doing one with a friend at least once a month, yeah. and just have friends here and hang out and just do the do the thing where you, you just switch the microphone on and you just have a chat. But and then go you have for to it. rely on somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, Bob and I, we work like we know where we're at, and we're we're both on the same page. Like we're both exactly on the same page. We're making money is not an issue. We both have the equipment. We both have the certain time set aside. But like, I tried to start a mental health podcast with a couple of coworkers. For six for six months, we tried, honestly, tried to get together. Things popped up. Something happened at work. Um, We tested out the location. It sucked. And we just could not get it together. And eventually I had to say, like, this isn't working out for me. Mm-hmm. I've already got a bunch of stuff going on. And I, I hated that I didn't have complete control. I have to have control over what the content that I'm creating. I don't want to wait around for two other people that aren't yeah. quite as motivated. I didn't feel like they were as, as motivated as I was because I was out there buying equipment. I was out there setting stuff up. And I'm like, I, I know they were motivated, but not like me. Like, no one's not. They're just, you're just not. It's just not like me. You know, like as soon as I, you're still there. Yeah. All right. As yeah, soon as I admitted that wasn't working out for me, like that the yeah, next day, yeah. I started the Polyvagal podcast and the Justin Element. Like I was on it right away. I'm like, I'm ready to move. Yeah. And I, oh, I was good. on it immediately. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I yeah, don't that... like waiting around. I don't like owing anything to anyone. That's why I love that the two that are mine are mine, and that I can run them solo. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, still make a good quality product that people enjoy get, and get value out of. But mm. the, I don't, I don't owe anything to anyone. I like that a lot. Yeah, and you have the you have the freedom to have uh, guests and that on if you need to, but it doesn't have yeah. to be just the two. Yeah, that's nope. the thing. I've been thinking maybe it's worth starting a podcast not with mates, but with illustrator mates or something like that who already are podcasters who it's, might have. Yeah. That might be easier because they're motivated to put their own podcast together, and they'll have equipment, like you said, like like yeah. you and Bob, and, and you can you can do that kind of thing. And um, yeah, but it's it's uh, I mean, there's so many people I could choose, but it's just tossing up whether it's what, about what it's the about the be. right person, man. Like I'm sure you already know, yeah. it's, it's just about with Bob and I. It just sort of worked out. Luke and I did a couple things together too, um, and that worked out okay. But there's something about like Bob and I just we just click like there's just something that yeah, feels yeah. <laughs> just right you know what I mean like I wouldn't change anything about it we our our balance is just right it's like it's just the right person and it feels right and that's yeah. it you know so it's not it's about just, like engineering it it's just it, it just is and we're lucky it, like yeah, to, to have happens, captured that someone yeah. on yeah that's the thing I it, I'm sure that someone will come on the podcast one day and I'll just be like holy shit this is the right in <laughs> like a, like a relationship kind of builds. Yeah, like yeah, Bob exactly. and I didn't plan this out, you know, years ago when we first talked, but we, we over yeah. time we've built the relationship and talked more and more, and then it just clicked. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool, very nice. All right, well, we'll have to wrap it up there. All right, uh, it's almost, almost dinner time here. Thank you so much though for your time. And before you go, just quickly, yeah. um, I have a song of the week. So is there? You have a what? Uh, I have a song of the week. 
Okay. So, um, I always ask my guests, uh, what either is your favorite song or is there a song that's um, rolling around in your head recently that I... You know, man, the songs that pop in my head are annoying as hell. <laughs> they're like kid songs. They're like you know, uh, okay. Blues Clues opening song. It's stuff like that. Um, the the last song that was in my head that was decent was the Into the Spider Verse, um, the Sway Lee and uh, Post Malone's name. Yeah, that one. Oh, I had yeah. that in my head uh, for day sunflower. after day after day. Uh, sunflower, yeah. That yeah. was the last song in my head that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> and, and wanted to listen to that song so much that it got out of my head. So okay. that, that's the only one that I could think of. Okay. Do you have a favorite song? Like, is there a song that just... Not really. Um... My favorite band is probably still Metallica. Okay. Um, I don't think I really have a favorite song. I really love 80s ballads, though. Okay. What's your favorite 80s ballad? I do, too. What's your favorite 80s ballad? Um... The one that I would go to is, um, shoot, what's it called? Damn it. Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, the last one, yeah. Yeah, I love a good 80s ballad on here. The last one we had was, with the last guest, was uh, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. I don't know that and one. It's, it's always a great way to go out with an 80s ballad. So I'll, what, um, no, but hold on now. Bright Eyes, but I can't remember. Eyes. It's a... Oh, Bonnie Tyler. Okay. Oh, no. It's, I'm sorry. Here we go. Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? A... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the music one, video. Man. It is so great. That's, <laughs> for some reason, that one I love. So listen to that one. Is yeah. that what you play? Do you play that song out or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just play right 30 on. seconds of Horus and that kind of thing just to go in between the intro and that, and then we just go straight into that. Because I cut, I just clip it together and that kind of thing. So, your, the, yeah, the right. audio on your last episode, I think it's the only. only I'm sorry, no, no offense, but I think it's the only episode I've, I've listened the whole way through, because okay. I, I liked how personal it was. Right. That that was like, oh, this has got me super interested, and I listened the whole way through, and the audio quality was great, and the music editing, and it was like I could tell you really put a lot of love into it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I wanted to try that. And, and that's why when I started writing, I was like, you know what? I'm sitting here for half an hour just talking so much shit to a camera and a microphone. And I'm not very good at off the cuff. If I sit yeah. down and think, I, it oh, okay. comes off. And I just, I'm, I'm very ADD, very just. Blah, 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 are you actually, crazy. or are you saying that? <laughs> I mean, I was diagnosed as a kid. So, but uh. that was, you know, I, that's why when you say about drugs, I was diagnosed and I was given every freaking amphetamine under the sun. Were you? And not, not one that. of them worked. Not one I of them worked. This is, I'll give you, this is, this is like some inside information, okay? So I'm not a psychiatrist. I will not talk on medication and its effectiveness. So I'm not, mm-hmm. that's out of my scope. But yep. more than one psychiatrist has told me, we don't know how this works. <laughs> they have fucking told me that. Because because I've worked with them and they will. I'm thinking about one guy in particular. He said, honestly, we don't know how this works. It just seems to help. And then he said, on top of that, he goes, in other countries, you can legally give a placebo. A placebo is a sugar pill. Shit. So he says, outside the United States, and I don't know if this is true or not. 
He says, outside mm-hmm. of the United States, you can give a placebo and not tell the client or not tell the patient about it and still get positive results. Well, the placebo effect is one thing that we've never... It's huge. We have, it's huge. It's massive. Like it's, it's, if, it, if you take something and it's the placebo effect, then it's, it's, it's working anyway. So if you yeah. take a sugar pill, like that's the thing. And that's what that's, I always wanted. You know, yeah. Anyway, so that's, but that's, I was done. And, that's um, okay all right and, and so you these things didn't help so yeah, yeah. Uh, well you know like you do what you want with that information <laughs> but i know but i see psychiatrists I've, I've worked with psychiatrists i've been with them on treatment teams where we get around and talk about clients and stuff and uh, it literally seems like they're just experimenting mm-hmm. like it's like that let's give them this pill let's give them this pill let's see what happens it doesn't help let's mm-hmm. give them more yeah. that didn't help let's try let's try another one try some meth and then I'll try, some, <laughs> I'll try some heroin. See if that'll do it. What's crazy we'll is start. what's crazy is if you give a small enough dose of heroin, it probably will have some sort of effect. I don't know what it would do. Yeah. Or if you give a small enough dose of meth or a small enough dose of marijuana, it's gonna yeah. affect anybody. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know if it'll be beneficial. <laughs> I'm not saying we should do that, but yeah. I don't. I just a part of me doesn't see the difference. Oh, minute. I mean, it's, and it's co- just, like cocaine and stimulants, the the chemical makeup is so similar. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Even when I was thirteen, I was like, I don't want to be on drugs. I don't want to. You know, so many kids say that, dude. So many kids say that. It's, and what's super you, sad? What's what super sad stu- is like, we're not well, stupid. You're not stupid at that age. No, you're no, I, I get. It, yeah, what's super sad is that um, they can't speak up for themselves. Um, mm-hmm. They're and their parents do what they think is best. But uh, what's super sad is when kids who are "quote unquote" uh, ADHD mm. are given such strong medication that they, they we call it they become zombies, where they just zombie yeah. out and they're just there in class, but they're not there, and that's just the saddest fucking thing. Even worse, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I, we didn't have anyone in school like that, but I just that's just fucked up. It's it's it's, it's uh, sadly too common. Yeah. Anyway, but right, they man, stop those you... damn behaviors. Yeah, I know, right? We just want, we need subservient children, not energetic, actual children. This is. I'll, yeah. I'll ask you. Let me ask you this. Is it? I'm sorry. Do you have to go? Because now, now you got me really interested. No, no. One more question. One more question. The, all right. Now I'm asking you questions. <laughs> the the stuff that you were doing that caused you to be diagnosed with ADHD. If you were yeah. in a park or if you were in a gymnasium, and you had the freedom to run around and play, would those behaviors have been an issue? Or were those behaviors only issues when you were in class or at home or when adults wanted to control you? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it, you know, like I said, there was obsessive tendency. So I was the kid on the soccer field playing Star Wars. So, uh, so. And, what do you mean playing and, Star Wars? Well, you know, literally I have memories of playing with my, like on my own, like it was almost during the soccer game. Like you were supposed to be in this playing soccer during the soccer game. Yeah. During the soccer game, I had so little care for the soccer game. Oh, okay. Yeah. All I do was so run now, around. So was the, was the issue that you couldn't focus on soccer or that you just weren't interested in soccer? It was, it was a focus issue as well. The, the ADHD diagnosis was, was predominantly a focus issue as well. But were you, were you interested in soccer? No, not at all. <laughs> Could give okay, a shit. So is the issue that you couldn't focus or that you weren't interested? I was couldn't focus. There you go. But you weren't interested. Yeah, lack of interest. Yeah, the lack of interest was because 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 like I was saying before, if something interests me, I focus. Yeah. I, I obsess 
upon it. And if you were in a Star Wars class, you probably wouldn't have had the ADHD behavior. <laughs> so I, I can't believe that a, 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 an illness is present in one location, but not mm. in another location. That, that's why I asked about a gymnasium or a park. Because yeah. those are generally places where kids can just kind of do their own thing and control. Parents aren't yeah, seriously like trying to think, control them. I don't think it would you at all, to be honest. The only issue that ever came up was I was that kid that was like, no, this is how you do it. On the, the free play was difficult for me. But, you what's know, wrong with again, that? what oh. I'm iterating here is what's been told to me, not what I experienced. No, I so, so it's, it's, you know, it's all about it. But yeah, that's a, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Look, I, I may not. I may not have it. I may not. I, I, who knows? Do you still think you what? do? Um, I think I definitely have focus issues. There's, but there's definitely. It's just a matter of knowing my weaknesses. You know, with my business, I don't know. I don't. I'm not very good at the the practical side of it. Um, like producing, 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 and being creative. I'm great at it. Yeah. But uh, but the you know the shipping shipping process. I'm shit at. Like when yeah. I finish a book. Okay, book's finished, done, what, I'm done, that's it. Rather than being like, oh, i got to, now the next step I've got to take is to do this, 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 and this. It's normal, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm the same it, way. I think a lot of creative people are like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But I think you're right. Maybe maybe a little bit of ADHD there, but maybe not. Like, it's, it's I've probably have grown out of, it, out of it at this point, whether it existed or not. So, it's, <laughs> but I know, the one thing I know was that all the amphetamines and all the Ritalin and all the shit that I took did not work. It didn't work, whether whether it was because it was a placebo, uh, or whether it was because I was fighting against it, or whether it actually genuinely did not work. So, and I felt felt like shit on them, and I was on them for about three years. It's that's the worst part. I was Ritalin, man. If anyone says my daughter needs to have Ritalin, I will tell them to go fuck themselves because the mood suppressant. I was a skinny little tweak because I did not eat anything. I did my my mood. I was always in a shitty mood, and I was I always really? remember not hungry. When I was on Ritalin, yeah. I always remember being hungry. I couldn't eat at all, and I had friends at school that were exactly the same: skinny little twigs on Ritalin, and they were just weren't hungry ever. We had like you might might have had one meal a day, and that was it. And it wasn't even yeah. substantial. It's, it's just you know, yeah, it was horrible. I wouldn't put my kids through that. That's for sure. Right on, man. Respect. Yeah. All right, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think I would either. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so Dude. much for coming on. Yeah, I had to gladly um, meet you and, and get a, get around to doing this. I know it's taken a better part of a month to do it, but I'm glad we got it done. So It was worth it, man. It's a couple hours worth of solid gold here. Yeah, definitely, man. I might even break it up into a two-parter, right? See Sounds how like it, yeah. it lets me, <laughs> lets me know how much it lets me load and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think so. Go and get some sleep, all right? It's probably fucking late over there. <laughs> it is, but that's all right. You've got you've got school in the morning. <laughs> I do. <yeah. laughs> Bye. All right. So much. You take care. All the best to you and yours. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I love you all for listening. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you got something out of this podcast, this two-part series uh, with Mr. J Prime, or this two-part interview with Mr. J Prime. I suppose it wasn't really an interview. It was more of a just a chat. Um, but we covered a lot of ground here, so I'm really, 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 pr- really proud of this episode, um, this, these two episodes, rather. 
I really want to thank Mr. Justin Prime for coming on. Um, he has been one of the best guests I've ever had. Um, I just need to do some quick... Where's my messages? I need to do some quick... So because Justin and I actually spoke about... Um, about psychology stuff and because he's a mental health professional I actually have to say his name is Justin Sanseri um, LMFT 99147 so Justin has a new podcast out now it's called the Polyvagal Podcast and um, that is his psychology podcast so go and have a listen to that uh, go and have a listen to the J Prime cast that's his arting podcast um, I'd love to have him on again. All the links are down in the description below. So don't forget about that, guys. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, be kind to yourself. I love you all. I've been Jordan. Stay weird. Blah.